Welcome back to your favorite sports podcast. We've got an interesting guest today, you know, back to the usual host, myself, Grace Fisher, Zach Watts, Mr. Tampa's very own, Harvard, now in the transfer portal, Mr. Charlie Dean. How's it going, guys? Just turned my Siri on somehow. Sorry. It's great to have you on, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie, so you're telling us you are you're in the transfer portal right now. Yep. And the question I have I was gonna ask you before, but I wanted to wait till we were recording is I know that there was an issue with uh your former teammate, Mr. Anthony Nelson. When mm-hmm. he was there, he had to like kind of like, get forced to transfer because there's like a rule at Harvard where you can only stay there for so long. Is that is that the same situation you're in? So yeah, you have um eight semesters to finish your degree. And um if you want a fifth year, you have to take time off. So my roommate <clears throat> right now, who's going to be the captain for the team next year, he is a senior academically, but he's off of school right now because he's coming back to play next fall. So, so if I can... wanted to come back and play next fall, I'd have to take this spring off. Like no classes. In the yeah, spring. no classes. So he so he's working at a um investment banking firm in downtown Boston right now. So now does that have to be like job related or can you just take time off literally just like stay back at your house? I mean, you, you can do whatever you want to. Some guys do that. Um, we've had some guys get kicked off for uh, academic suspension for getting caught cheating off finals and papers. And that happens more often than you think we get like two or three of those a year. And those guys typically go home and um, train and just find a job at the crib. But since he's the captain, he wanted to be around the team. So he's up here and um, just doing team activity stuff when he can. Yeah, because I remember he was telling us that he was like he didn't want to leave Harvard, but he like literally didn't have a choice. Yeah, now, is that I mean, an it, Ivy it, League thing or is that a Harvard thing? It's an Ivy League thing. So some of his team, we had a wide receiver this at last year, number one, Kim Wimberly. He ended up going to <laughs> Delaware. He took time off. Um, we had a quarterback come back, Luke Emge, number three. He took time off to come back. Um, so there were a couple options for people to come. Uh, other people who took time off and came back. Um, I mean, you had guys like Anthony who went to Duke, though. You had. Um, one of our that running back out of Virginia, right? Yeah, running back went to Virginia. Tackle went to UNC. Um, linebacker went to Villanova. D tackle went to UCLA, and D tackle went to Notre Dame. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. So we had we had a lot of guys that had the opportunity to go play somewhere else, and they took it. I don't blame them. Um, that's kind of what we're doing right now with the extra COVID eligibility and stuff like that. So, yeah. So sure. with that COVID eligibility, did that technically count as time off since y'all didn't play, or does that not count towards your time off of the team? <laughs> No, because I was enrolled academically. So I so we got sent home my freshman spring. Um, we had classes online all fall. And then we had um, – I was up here uh, spring of my sophomore year, COVID spring, and that was like a glorified jail cell, bro. It was terrible. Like we were, we were in our room 20, like 22 hours out of the day. We'd wake up, go work out, come back, sit in our, sit in our rooms go to class, go get lunch down the dining hall. And they had like, you'd go like one by one because everything mm-hmm. was like quarantine. You had to wear masks and all this other shit. And it was, it was whack. It was wild. You getting tested every day. Um, Every other day. Yeah. Every third day. And then you couldn't, but you had to have a, you had to have a negative test before you could practice. So like you're just scramming the night before to kind of get a negative test in before practice and stuff like that. Um, There were ways around it though. We had, we, we had, we, we had, we had some interesting ways around it. To, to <laughs> So. Yeah, because I had a I had a bunch of buddies that were I mean obviously I had friends that played every sport, but one of my good buddies wrestles at Cornell, and he was talking about it like they get tested every single morning at seven a.m. like all these like requirements for testing and stuff, and they were gonna make like a huge uh like school wide mandatory vaccination, and then all these kids started like fighting it with like religious beliefs, so then people mm-hmm. started faking religious beliefs, <laughs> so they didn't have to get vaccinated. Like there's a whole ordeal for it, and like. 
one of my other buddies, Dana, he wrestled at a uh, Belmont Abbey in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And they, he got so tired of getting tested every day. He just got vaccinated. And then like a week later, they're like, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. And he was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, bro. We had our season canceled for that shit. That, that kind of, that pissed me off, um, to be honest. But it ended up working out for a bunch of us because um, we get the extra year of eligibility to go play somewhere else and kind of get, get an MBA or graduate degree paid for wherever you want. So um, yeah. at the time, it didn't seem like a very good thing, but it ended up being a pretty decent yeah, situation. I imagine you were happy about that decision. No, um, well, here's the thing. We got out of workouts one morning and we got an email on our phone. It's like, yeah, you're gonna have a two week spring break. And so all my roommates are coming down to Tampa for spring break. And we're like, oh, sick. We're gonna be in Tampa for two weeks and we're gonna come back and we're have a spring ball or whatever. So I go, we hop in the shower. I get out of the shower, take like a five minute shower. I check my phone again. It's like, you're not coming back the rest of the semester. You have to pack up your stuff in like three days and you have to get out. So I call my dad. I was like, yo, I need help moving shit out of my dorm. And then I got in contact with a moving company. It was all hell broke loose. Uh, all hell broke loose up here, bro. It was wild. It was yeah, wild. I, I remember uh, starting to you, Zach. Uh, we, I was on spring break at FAU, and we all went to Costa Rica. We brought, like, literally 70 people to Costa Rica. Like, it was – so we rented three Airbnbs, like, all next to each other. Anyways, we were in Costa Rica during spring break, and then we someone gets a phone call, someone that had, like, fucking international service or whatever they get a phone call and their parents are like donald trump said all international flights back are, are closed like you guys are fucking stuck in costa rica and we're just like wait a minute what and they're like we're freaking out this is at night so we're freaking the fuck out the next morning we find out it's like there's a three-day gap for all returning flights and like if you a returning flight was anyways it worked out that we had a day we had one more day to stay there and come back yeah. and we're at we're at the airport and everyone's on their phones, and everyone's like, yo, my Canvas assignment's just cleared for the fucking next two weeks, and everyone's, like, all hyped up. We're all, like, we get an email, like, we have two weeks spring break. Like, everyone's going crazy. We're, like, planning out, like, maybe we should stay, go on another trip, blah, blah, blah. Then we get on the plane, and then when we land on the plane, it's, like, World War Z. It was, like, a completely different, like, world when we landed. We landed, and, like, people were, like, like mad at us. We don't have masks. They're, like, they're, like, temperature checking every person. Like, mm-hmm. we're, like it's been Four hours, maybe three hours. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. My buddy, uh, he went to China five years before, so they gave him a pat down and went through all of his shit. Like it was, <laughs> it was a crazy like. And within three hours, we went from like fuck yeah to like what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah. Now, when you found out you were getting sent back home, like obviously you had prepared for your entire football season to kind of take place at that point, at least for the spring practices and whatnot. Did your coaches just kind of just not bother you all for the whole time while you went back or were you guys in touch at all? Like how did that whole like bonding experience kind of work out? Cause you don't really want to go like, I guess, cold Turkey on all your teammates. Cause coming back, is going to feel a little weird. So what was that like? Yeah. So, um, we, we paid attention more to the university than the coaches cause the coaches didn't really know anything that was going on. They were just, we were just all checking our emails from the university. So whatever the university said kind of went, um, I think it was like, we were supposed to know by, june if we were going to have the season or not and like we were all they canceled our summer like we were going to have summer workouts they canceled them and usually our break is like um the end of june beginning of july like that july 4th weekend or whatever and um so it was like right before july 4th and i get an email it's like yeah your season's been canceled so i called my coach i'm like yo what the hell is this he's like don't worry we're gonna get this shit figured out and nothing ended up getting figured out um so <laughs> i went to visit a couple of my teammates I got my teammates came visiting me. We had some like team like Madden tournaments and stuff like that, but 
for the most part, we didn't really like talk to each other. It was kind of weird. Um, it was just, we were just all in limbo. It was really nothing you could do. And plus, um, our captain that year, he was he took time off to be a fifth year senior, so he was going to come back that fall and captain, and he didn't get that season back. So he was out of like school for like a year and a half before he could come a year and a half two years before he can come back and actually play. Um, he was a dog though. He was a beast. He was he was like <laughs> he was like twenty four twenty five when he graduated. Damn. And um, it was it was always a joke is that he was the oldest guy in the locker room and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, it, it was kind of weird. It, it just screwed some guys over. It, it kind of helped some guys out. It was just it was just a really really weird situation. Well, they did that cool like uh like winter season or spring season uh, during COVID with FCS. Yeah, for some. Know, yeah, yeah, for you some, guys, yeah, for you some. guys got fucked. Sorry, but yeah. that that FCS uh, season was pretty cool. But that actually brings me to a point I wanted to bring up, Charlie. Um, you you obviously know the explanation better, but what is the exact reason why Ivy Leagues can't play in the postseason championships? <clears throat> so it's only football. Um, every other sport. Can Wait, play. really? And every other sport can play. Like our our basketball team can make it to the tournament. Um, our hockey team can make it to the tournament. <clears throat> our our women's hockey and men's hockey are really good. You're wrestling everything. Wrestling everything. Baseball, soccer. Um, I think it's because school lines up a little bit weird. So. At Harvard, you're students first and athletes second. Of course. So um, the season starts before students are on campus. So therefore, it would be illegal for us to participate in activities because we're not enrolled in school. Which is like it's it's kind of weird. I, I don't I don't I don't know the technicalities behind it, but we get we get ten game seasons. That's all we get. And if you get hurt one of those games, it's like it's like high school. You got ten games to prove what you can do. So like. This year we had a possibility of a four-way tie going in the last last game of the season, and if we beat Yale, there been a four-way tie for the title. Yale won outright, but um, yeah. So like that that the, like the the way the way the games match up, like we have uh, every single Yale is the only team that's won it outright. Every other year I've been here, they've been like two teams that want that sh- want to share the Ivy title. Yeah. And so like your rings are different. So we have a ring for hold on, we had a ring for my junior year. And we had to share the title, so that's it. So it's a silver ring. Oh, bam. Silver Harvard ring on the side. I don't want, and then theme. Yeah. Does it have the name of the other school on it or no? No. So, so the thing the uh, what difference differentiates between a silver ring and a gold ring is the silver ring is a shared title, a gold ring is an outright title. So, uh, like, so you know, so like yeah, yeah. you, you like all the alumni that come to the Yale game, they all have gold rings on. You're like looking at them, like "fuck you, bro." Yeah. Like, you won, we didn't, but whatever. Because hey, there's been a couple of years where there's been like a one or two Ivy League teams that are pretty solid that are ranked high, like they're like in the top fifteen, and then they just can't even go to the fucking championship. Yeah, we were we we've always been ranked pretty high since I've been here. We always started out hot when I was here, and then. Towards the second half of the season, we always kind of ran into injuries or, or just some rough games. Um, Dartmouth, Princeton, and Yale were all pretty consistent while I was here. Princeton went on a run. They had a wide receiver that went into the um, the combine, Yoshivas. Like, so the seventh play of the game were playing Princeton. They play, they ran inside zone split and counter, like, in power, out the ass. Like, the first six games, first first six plays of the game. And we all saw it come from the sideline. We're like, here comes a flea flicker. Because they had a really dense formation, and they had a, a wide receiver out, out, out wide and like a tight end, and like a split back formation. And they for sure enough seven play of the game, boom over top for a touch on a flea flicker to Yoshivas, and uh, they beat us thirty five to seventeen that game. Damn. And they, uh, yeah, they rolled. They were pretty good. So, well, your 
bringing up all these plays from past games. So speaking about that Madden tournament, you had to have placed well. There's no way you can just see. See, I didn't. Plays. I didn't. I wasn't a really big video game guy over COVID. I was more like a golf and outdoor kind of guy because I couldn't. I couldn't stay at my house, so like I didn't really play video games. Now is a different story because because we because um over the summer. Harvard doesn't pay for your summer housing. So um, what we do, what we do is we all get um, jobs in Boston and work and then end up paying the rent for, for the apartment that we stay in. So this past summer we stayed in an apartment uh, down near close to the river and we had eight guys for one apartment. So it was eight bedrooms, Damn. three bathrooms, one kitchen and one living room. And it's all, and it's all eight, all eight of us are over like 215 pounds. Yeah. So Jeez. it was like, we had, we had some, yeah, we had some fun, but it, the summers are fun. You like wake up at, it's a grind though. Five days a week, you wake up at four thirty, you're running at five, then you go work at nine to five, and then you come back and then run routes on air and seven on seven to film and stuff like that. So the summers are fun though. But as soon as five o'clock five o'clock hits on Friday, uh, there's a bar downtown called um, called Coogan's. They have one dollar Budweisers and Bud Lights, and that's, oh, that's a fire. that's that's a fan favorite for for all the all the football team here. So. Yeah, dude, I can only imagine. And then sometimes are kids not in summer classes too? Is that is that a thing there? Some people do do it. Um, if you're a pre med student, it's kind of advised so your schedule lightens up during the season and stuff like that. But I was an econ guy, so I never really had to take summer classes. Um, is and that I, I, I a semester just... like one of your eight if you do summer. No, 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 okay. no, no. You can, you can like it, I th- I think it's technically through like an extension school or something like that, Harvard Summer School. So it's not actually mm-hmm. Harvard College, but it counts for towards your degree or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So a, lot a lot of implications. A lot of kids where well, we went to school do summer school, but I mean, obviously, too, it's like you're in South Florida and like kids are from New Jersey and they're like, I'd rather stay here for fucking yeah. spring break and like summer. Now, the summers up here are fun, bro. Um, Boston, the summer is hard to beat. Boston might be better than Tampa in the summer, to be quite honest with you, bro. It's pretty yeah. good. It's, hard to it's beat. a very bold statement. Yeah, that is bold. It's hard to beat, man, because you, you, got, you got Red Sox, you got concerts. You know what's also really big up here is reggae. Like I didn't, okay. I didn't, I didn't even realize it. But like stick figure, and they got a bunch of like in the southern part of Massachusetts in the Cape, they got a bunch of like reggae stuff going on. That's pretty so sick, this, actually. This summer, my um, one of my roommates is from like the South Shore, so we went to like this little backyard reggae festival, and it was like ten or fifteen re- like small reggae bands. They had like food trucks and all this stuff. So like that's the stuff that we would do on the weekends, and we'd go out to the, we'd go out to like Martha's Vineyard and stuff like that, and go sit on the beach and go like rent out a house on the Cape for the weekend. So. It's, it's like a different lifestyle a little bit, but it's cool. It's fun. I got a buddy named uh, Joey uh, from from Boston. He went to, he was to FAU. And Boston, I feel like Boston people always talk about how they're so happy they're, to be like in South Florida. Like, oh, it's so warm. But they just shit on all the culture. Like, they're just like, it's not as good as Boston. No, no. It, it's just like, it's because you have people, it's, it, I didn't realize it when I came up here. Because, you know, like in Tampa, you have like, um, like people from West Chase, South Tampa, Carol mm. Wood, and stuff like that. It's like that on fucking steroids here. It's like really? if you're from, if you're from Southie, you're from Southie. If you're from like the North End, you're from the North End. If you're from like South Shore, you're from South Shore. In each kind of little group has like their uh, kind of like their niche and their and their stereotype, I guess. And but they're all like they're all within the same like they're like ten or fifteen blocks. Same, like, same genre, just like different author kind yeah, of. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Now, were you a fan of the Boston accent when you got there? Like, do a lot of guys got that kind of Boston? accent or you haven't really noticed it as much a little bit um i got two roommates that are from massachusetts so they the yeah some of the verbiage like like wicked and like and stuff like i picked up a little bit on it but most of the time they say i'm like you're just being corny bro like can you talk (laughs) 
No, Zach, I completely didn't put two and two together, but Zach here is actually one of the biggest meat riders for sports teams in Boston. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I originally, one of the first schools I looked at was Emerson College uh, for baseball because it was a small D3 school up there, but it was like in the heart of the city. So I was like, I'm definitely trying to like find a way to get into Boston culture and whatnot. So when I visited you for baseball. Yeah. But the problem is, is the first time I actually went up there and visited, I watched the Charlotte Hornets practice inside of their facility. Like all the away teams practice inside Emerson college for like basketball warmups before game. So it was dope as fuck. Um, Oh, I remember when you went on this visit. I remember that. Yeah. And it was like, it's like one degree outside. It's freezing. I'm like, all right, I don't know about the cold, but I was like, the city life's dope as shit. I'm like, we're in the heart of the city. And then they sat down and got my transcripts and they were like, yeah, no, <laughs> you don't stand a chance. I was like, bro, I was like, I, I was like, I can't even just use like the IB school to like get by. I was like, cause I thought I could finesse it would, to just be like, all right, I don't need my diploma, but I was like, if I get an, an, a certificate from an IB school, I'll be all right. And then they were like, no, they were like, you don't stand a chance. Yeah. Isn't that like a wicked smart school? What Emerson? Yeah. Yeah, insanely. If it's yeah. like one of the top schools in the country for journalism. isn't that where Danny Turp went to play baseball? If I'm not mistaken. Oh no, I'm thinking of a school in Georgia. I think. Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I doubt because, dude, it was. Dude, it was. It was like CDS, like times two. Like that was literally it. Like it so was, was like no a really difference. small, like private school with good facilities. Yeah, it was. It was an Ivy college. <laughs> literally, what it was like the exact same. I was like, all right. Bro. Like, same shell over again, but didn't go there. I ended up coming to FAU. I like, I, I still love Boston. I hope I can visit again, but definitely a big South Florida fan. Yeah, always but Zach there. is a meat rider for the Patriots and the fucking Red Sox. Hey, Tom Brady till the day I die. Dude, the day dude, I die. Fenway's hard to beat, bro. Fenway is really hard to beat, especially in the, especially in the summer. They have like they have student ticket nights where you can get like seven dollar tickets, oh. and all all of, the, all of our like clubs and bars are on that strip right there. A majority of them. Um, that a lot of the colleges go to because BU and BC are all right there, so that's like the middle point between us and MIT too, I guess. And so there's yeah, that's yeah. that's a really big part of like the nightlife here is, is that is that strip. Yeah, I mean, have you been? You've been to a Boston game, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the garden is like I've been in the games in the garden, not the garden, yeah. but uh, yeah. So, so you've been to all the games, all the environments. Um, yeah. Because I went to a Red Sox game. And that was, like, life-changing for me. I was like, holy shit, like, this is what a real sports environment is. Because you go to, like, a fucking Rays game, and you're like, ah, oh, man, like, it's, like, 10 people here. Like, I don't really care yeah. about watching the Rays. But, like, Red Sox sold out every night. Fans are out of their mind. Meat ride, Yaw- bro. You're just meat yeah. riding. Hey, man. Yaki Way, it doesn't get much better than that. And I'm going to be honest, I was a big fan of the Metro. Like, I didn't really think I'd like public transportation that much. The tea? Kinda, you're a fan of the yeah. tea? The tea was, is... Dude, the tea. Ah, you don't like it? No, I I respect it though, because like whenever whenever like we want to have a uh, like a Bostonian kind of night, and we want to go out like in a downtown Boston, we'll just hop on the tea and take it and take it back. What's the uh, tea? Like and, a little bus, like a little train thing? No, it's, no, it's just uh, train. It's a, it's a subway, pretty much. Yeah, it's a subway. But like, and, um, but yeah, we we took that to work every morning and stuff, and took it back. Uh, you see a lot of interesting characters on on, on the tea. That's for sure. <laughs> I think that's why I liked it so much. Is like you got a different experience every time you like transport it. And it made this, it made the city feel so much more compact. Like you had a more like homey vibe to it. The one biggest takeaway I had from Boston though, and I don't know why all the pigeons are fat as shit. Like they couldn't even fly, dude. Every single one of them. I remember I went to the, I went to one of the parks there, dude. And the pigeons would literally like, they weren't scared of anyone. They would just waddle up to you. And I'm like, dude, that is the 
fattest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like that is terrifying. It looked like a pigeon ate a pigeon. <laughs> I don't know why that was such a Bro, big I thing. remember I went on my first college visit for wrestling to uh, Simpson College in fucking Des Moines, Iowa. Like it's it's as boring as it as that sentence just sounded. Like it is that boring. <laughs> but I remember going up there and they're walking me through the campus. I'm all I like I like just landed. And I look at this a tree and I like stop and they go, What? I was like, that is the biggest squirrel I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> Cause it was I went in like I think I went in like October, like late September. So it was like, no, I went, I went, yeah, I went beginning of October. So like right before like hibernating started. So all these squirrels were getting fat as fuck. And like I'm used to like skinny, like super speedy squirrels in Florida. And this thing was just like, it literally was a circle. Like the whole squirrel was a circle. Oh, I guess that's why they get the alignment from up north because you don't get big boys like they do down here. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, Charlie, how many teammates did you have? from florida like people that you knew when you went to harvard or was it kind of like a bunch of just fresh faces that you had yeah, to wait, all over again before you before you answer that real quick i i know like myself personally i know you and nelson i know two kids in the wrestling team and i know a girl that went there to play volleyball so is there like a pipeline between tampa if not florida to harvard because i randomly in two years span five people i know all go there for sports They've started recruiting us more because just we have better athletes, um, especially for the football side of it. We had, uh, I think in my tenure here, we had anywhere from like seven to 11 guys on the team that were from Florida. So we have, uh, we had a wide receiver this past year from Dr. Phillips, a DB from Dr. Phillips. Um, we had myself. We had, who the hell else? We have a picture of it on, on my phone. I got, I got to find it. But yeah, we, we've had, we've had various guys, um, None really from the East Coast though. There a lot of them from the West Coast, like Cali. No, like like the no. Excuse me, the East Coast of Florida, not the West oh, Coast. Of Florida. Okay. So like on on the eastern side of Florida, that's where all so like Florida boys. It's kind of weird, yeah. yeah so I like, like Broward County and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. A, lo- a lot, a lot, a lot. What Broward County? You from Broward County? I mean, no. Do I look like a Broward boy? <laughs> There's some good fucking football in Broward County though. Yeah, there is. I think it's like. Is it like the most pro players are from Broward County? Isn't that? Oh, guys, breaking news real quick. Daniel Jones reaches a four-year deal with the Giants who are placing franchise tag on running back Saquon Barkley. What was the payout? Um, I don't know, Charlie. Let me check right now. We do our best. Because he was asking for 40. He ain't getting a 40, dog. He is getting... Uh... I don't know. Work with me here. Damn it. Work with me. Work with oh, me. Four, four years, 160. No, I want to break it. I'm breaking it. Too late. You lose. Damn. So he it? got the 40. He oh, did get the 40. Four, four years, 160 million. So they gave him the 40 ball. By the way, his agent goaded. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they fly goated. up there and just negotiate it recently? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, so how's, I mean, I'm I'm asking y'all some questions. How how'd y'all get this this podcast started? You want me to go? You want me to Zach? I mean, I kind of joined on later. You're getting <laughs> so. reverse interrogated right now. It's like fucking stepbrothers. Hey, he's actually finding out this is a money laundering scheme. Yeah. We're, out, we're just using this for the tax longer. Right the longer we stay on, the more money we the funnel. Oh, oh so um, yeah. So I when I was, I mean, it kind of it's like kind of deep, but kind of not deep. But when I was a junior in high school. I transferred from Jesuit to Carroll Day School. That's how I met Mr. Zach Watts. And my dad kind of like, I kind of had a talk with my parents. I was like, look, 
you know, you want to play sports and the only thing on your mind is playing sports. And we love that. And like, go be a collegiate athlete, but we need to think about the route you're going to take. Like we need to, we need to start figuring out like what we want to do. And I was like, yeah, you know, and my dad was like, look, you love sports. You are obsessed with sports. You know, all these different kinds of sports. He goes, go be a sports journalist. He was like, that's right up your alley. And I was always obsessed. Like when I was a little kid, I always said I would be on college game day. Like that was like my dream. Still would be pretty fucking sick, but that was like what started it. And then my dad, um, I mean, I think, you know, my dad teaches at Berkeley prep. Yeah. Your dad was my math tutor for like two Yeah. Years. Yeah. So he, um, he taught, oh, fuck, what's his name? Carter, uh, Kevin Carter's son, Zion. Zion. Yeah. And I had a he's, he's at He's at Dartmouth. He yeah, he transferred. Is. He's transferring. Yeah, he's transferring to Buffalo now. He yeah. grad transferred. Yeah. But um, anyways, he I had a lunch meeting with him, and he was like, look, what I think you need to start doing is just getting reps in front of a camera, just getting comfortable. He's the problem is you're realizing at 17 years old that you, that you want to do this. There's kids that realize since they were six, and they have – hours on hours and hours on YouTube and they're comfortable in front of a camera and they don't do everything. Like you need to start building your comfortability. And I was like, whatever. Yeah. So in high school, like Zach and I wanted to do the same thing. That's like why we became so close. And then we just started practicing like an iPad, just like, like doing a breakdown of the game, like a 20 minute breakdown of the biggest game that weekend or whatever. And we went to college and it kind of died out. And then during COVID, there was a kid uh, that went to school with us that was a journalism major like me. And he was like, dude, let's just start a podcast. It's only going to help our resume. Because, like, the, the way we looked at it was, like, we never tried to, like, blow it up. We were just like, we do this. And then when we go into, like, an interview, we show them this portfolio of hundreds of hours of practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because unlike yourself, uh, FAU degree doesn't really stand at the top of the pile, you know? <laughs> So I needed I needed some sort of like experience or, or background or like anything that showed I put the work in, you know, and I'm not saying I think it's a bad school, but it's not fucking Harvard, you know? Yeah. So we started that. Um, and then it like slowly started picking up. Like our friends started tuning in and like we started getting people outside of the state. And I was like, yo, let's just fuck around and run with it and see what happens. And then um, personal stuff went down with my co-host and I had to like cut ties with him. And Zach just slid right in and we blew in that period. I would say Zach slid into like the one year mark. Our second year, the amount of shit we got done and people we reached and like just professionalism over the first year was tripled. Just yeah. because like it was me doing a hundred percent of everything and that kid would just like be there versus now Zach and I split everything 50-50. So I don't have to fucking it's it's easier when you have two people doing shit, you can do more, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and it's just like it's fun, dude. And like I'm a big believer that the most I love the human psyche. I love like hearing everyone's story. And another cool thing is like we, we have some big athletes. Like, we had Dane on who's in the NFL. Like we've had some a UFC fighter, but for the most part, we're getting guys that are like like college athletes. And it's cool for younger audience and like people our age to see how people like yourself who are successful in collegiate football and like other people all go through the same shit and all live the same life to an extent. You know, that's going like, to make a nice little clip right there that you can post. Yeah, exactly. The, the mantra why. The yeah. mantra why behind it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you have anything on that? Yeah. I was just going to say when I came on, I was kind of like, yeah, this will just be resume for me. I don't really see it being anything that big. And then what happened was is we had our like Spotify quota come up and we were like a top 100 podcast with like zero advertising and zero sponsorships. Like, and that was like without even trying. That was just posting stuff oh, shit, without really? caring. Yeah. So like, we're like, well, shit, if we got that much viewership or even got that much out of it from 
barely putting in any effort. What's going to happen if we actually like put something forward? And I think what actually took off for us is when we did our first internship for the summer collegiate baseball league, it was insane how much we realized we could do with the podcast from a social media standpoint. Cause like once I started taking over the editing, like our big joke is because Grayson said it's 50, 50, but it's really 51, 49 is how we like to joke with it. Cause when we made our, when we made this into an LLC, which like we can now like tax write off when we go to sporting yeah. events, like when we we're start a legitimate business. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, <clears throat> that was when we decided like, all right, this is no longer something that's building a portfolio. Like this is something we want to like make happen. And like, Every day, man, just 1% at a time. Got to work closer to something. We try to get better at our jobs, obviously. I mean, right now I'm about to go to Texas to cover the Conference USA tournament for men's basketball. And then hopefully they're going to put me on for March Madness. But like while I'm there recording for school, all that content's going for the podcast. Like I'm obviously going to use it for both. So it's just finding a way to get your foot in the door in a lot of these places. But yeah. Actually, Zach brought up a good point with that summer shit, Charlie. We did a... uh... We ran a summer meet this past summer for like our last my last class in college. I needed an internship. So I stayed down there and we ran all the media for this West Palm Beach baseball. It's like a summer league team, like where college kids yeah. go to get more reps and stuff. Yeah. And we ran all their media and Zach and I are going into this like, bro, we completely bullshitted this interview. We bullshitted everything. Like we don't know jack shit about social media. Like this is going to be so hard. And then we go in there and we realize like nobody knows anything. Like every other no. team's media was terrible. So Zach and I just sprinkled a little give a shit and we were automatically the best media out of all like 16 teams. And like to the point where they invited us to do, they cover all the media for the all-star game and they want Zach to be the head of media for the league next year. Like, and, and we didn't even like know anything going into it. We were just learning like while we did it, but we just like tried a little and everyone was like, Oh my God, these kids are fucking amazing. Like it's it just, it's just showing that I think that made us, like look at the pod too like dude no one knows fucking shit and it needs you need one video to blow up and you made it like that's all you need no for sure i I think that's that you brought up a good point about actually like people giving a shit i think that's one thing about this place is like you walk around here and you can just tell people are thinking about something and they're like they're worried about something they're like motivated to go do something so like if i'm sitting on my couch and my roommates are upstairs reading like i feel kind of bad about it but at the same time i don't because i'm laying on the couch and uh, but like 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 pretty much everyone on the team here is an overworker like they'll read optional readings i've never met a person to read optional reading this it's optional for a reason um but just stuff like that and we have kids on the team here they're like the smartest the smart so like we don't get tutors or nothing and um so what we do is like we get a group of guys together that take a class and kind of just bang it out together and tutor each tutor each other pretty much so um if 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 i had to pick a, a bonding experience for the team that most guys bond over is probably academics if i had to say yeah, I don't feel More like you get that. that. Yeah, I definitely don't think you get that from other schools either. Because like yeah. most schools, um, you don't get that at I, FAU. I'll tell you that right fucking now. Yeah, because I don't. I'm never don't hitting wanna, up my geez. homies like, yo, dude, let's go fucking do some school. Yeah, because like the one thing I didn't want to throw anyone under the bus, but you know there there's some athletes don't out there. No that are, yeah, don't say any names. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying any names, and I don't know anyone personally, but there's definitely some athletes out there that aren't doing their own work per se. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're finding that nerd in class, and they're like, "Hey, you wanna you want some tickets to the game?" Go- shit, they already have it assigned to them, bro. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you think you think Urban Meyer was making <laughs> Aaron Hernandez do algebra two? <laughs> no, Not because he would get murdered. <laughs> I think I think the hardest course we had here was um, it's called econometrics. So it's part coding. It's it's like it's a statistic it's statistical economics course 
combine with coding. So like they give you a set of code, you have the code and then read, like be able to read the results of the code, I guess. And we, we would sit together for like 10 to 15 hours trying to work on one piece at like two or three nights a week. And it'd just oh, be like, God, dude. Just, so like you're getting like two or three nights a week where you're there for like five hours up to like seven hours, just sitting there trying to bang out work. And, uh, but it, it was, it was cool though. Um, you kind of learn how to get through it, learn how to struggle a little bit, which, which I thought was cool. Um, also you become really, you become really tight with your, with, with your, with your, uh, with your, uh, with your teammates and your classmates pretty quick. Yeah. I was going to say, there's no way you sat down for your advising appointment and they explained that class to you. And you were like, yeah, I want that. Yeah, that's what I want to take. <laughs> yeah, you're like this class, you're like, this is really going to help me out. You're like, see, oh. that's see some, so that class is a big, like it's a weeder class for people who want to get the act major and people who don't. So every requirement up until that course qualifies for ec minor so what a lot of guys do is they'll go get like a psych major or a gov major and they get an ec minor and um so they'll put on their resume that they have the ec minor like to go work for ib companies and then their gpa reflects that they're like a very good student and they kind of melee their way into like explaining how their work ethic can can translate over to ib and they'll be able to pick it up sooner or something like that so it's kind of like a yeah. recruiting tool yeah pretty much yeah we should yeah. just find we should just write a book how to bs your way through harvard and just get any job in the world like that's just I, I, I think it, I think if the football team wrote it, it'd be a uh, New York Times bestseller for sure. Really? <laughs> yeah, we have some bullshit artists on the team. Some oh, bullshit artists. Yeah, so, yeah, get a get him nominated for the Pulitzer Prize or whatever the <laughs> whatever the best whatever book award is. But oh my god, dude! I yeah, I want to piggyback like something you said earlier, Charlie. Is like when you're at Harvard, you always feel like people are thinking about something. People are like striving towards something. And I'm a huge believer in your product of the people you surround yourself with. Huge, huge believer. It's like one of my biggest things. And like one reason I was so happy to move back to Tampa is like, I, I love the people I was surrounded by in South Florida. Those are some of my best friends. People are going to be my wedding. Like people I'll have lifelong friendships with. But like when it came to me, time to get focused to fight or like time to focus to like train, those are the people I could be around. Like I'm trying to go practice for four hours a day. They're trying to get out of class and then drink all day and like go, go to the beach and like do stuff, you know, like, or I'd be like exhausted from practice and come home like grumpy and they'd be like up my ass. I'm like, you have no idea. I just had someone try to beat the shit out of me for three hours. You have literally no idea what that's like, uh -huh. you know? But then when I come to Tampa, it's like, I'm surrounded by a bunch of positive, hardworking, motivated people. I'm surrounded by all my teammates. I'm surrounded by my coaches, my strength and conditioning coaches, even my parents, like just people that grind. And it makes it a lot easier to get in that tunnel vision of grind when everyone else is doing it with you versus sure. when you're the oddball out, you know? Yeah, definitely. For sure. I mean, I feel like the last experience I had with that was in high school, but we were literally what Grayson said was we didn't care. We just, everyone thought we were like, dude, we just, just show up to practice every day. You know, we're going to go home, not care, yeah, trying to not guys, do our homework. You guys ever think about that, by the way? We what? would go to school for seven hours every single day, Monday through Friday, and then stay at that same school for two to three hours and practice. And then be like, all right, I'm going to do it again tomorrow every single day. I mean, it was dude but it was it was fun though it, it, that, it was it's better than sitting in my dorm and, yeah. and the freezing cold it's like not like it forced me to like like socialize with people because i'm the kind I'm, I'm not a very um like social person per se like i'll go out with my friends and stuff but i'm not gonna go out like on like a consistent basis so like it's it's nice for for like just to have like the team i guess you could say like like just the element of like i have guys that i can hang out with no matter what and we'll do whatever i want to no matter what and um yeah that's i mean that's that's kind of like what what it, what it's like up here um and i think the cool part about it is is like you wake 
up and you work with those guys and you do the same homework with those guys and you eat the same meals with those guys. So like you kind of create this bond where you're like compatible with each other. That makes sense. Yeah, and, you know, um, and you suffer with those guys too. And I think suffrage yeah. is what brings people together the most. Yeah, for sure. And misery loves company kind of honest. Yeah. yeah. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want me to write that down? Be like, oh, 36, 36 minutes. Grayson had something quote worthy. Finally. No, but uh, Charlie, I wanted to ask you because you brought up kind of the like social aspect. Do you think, obviously you probably took away a lot from both schools, but I know in high school you were at TC and then you went to Hillsboro. Do you think you had better social aspect from tc hillsborough like how was that like there that was a completely different dude, social I, world so. dude i dude i i had some stories about hillsborough high school bro so three three or four of my high school senior teammates have been either killed or arrested for murder and my my senior year my running back he jesus i hope he doesn't fucking see this but um he no name, um, drop, no name drops <laughs> he uh you, you you remember the, the the thing that happened at McDonald's with the Jesuit kid? It was like the big drug deal, and they got shot in the McDonald's in South Tampa. It was your senior year. Yeah, I wasn't there. I was in there. South so like yeah. apparently there was this Jesuit kid who, I, or allegedly there was this person who went to Jesuit who, um, I guess was dealing at McDonald's, and the running back pulled up with somebody who was there. I guess the group my the running back was with gave the kid counterfeit money and the kid like confronted him and they popped him in the McDonald's restaurant. So he that died? happened. That ha- Yeah, he died. That happened week one of my senior year. So he played the entire season knowing that, that he was part of, of killing somebody. And then we didn't find out until like a couple, a couple weeks after. And then wow. coach G was my head coach at Hillsbury's. They called me and he's like, yo, yeah, John Dante just got arrested for, uh, for murder. And I was like, what? I was like, are you kidding me? Was he nice though? Like at football? He he was <laughs> he was interesting. So like so like so so for reference, like I was the only white kid on on that entire team. So oh, like no, when no, I walked in the locker room, that. we assumed that. Yeah, I walked <laughs> in the locker room. I was the UCF commit. I was like, I had this target on my back and me. Oh my god, I forgot you committed to UCF. So like people were like people were like they had eyes on me or whatever. So like we we were cordial with each other. Um uh, we got some like football arguments, like, oh, we need to run the ball more, we need to throw the football more, but nothing more than that. Um, but there were, there were some, there were some kids at school that, that were not very fond of me because I was, um, because I, because I just came in and just started taking reps and stuff like that. And, um, I had, I, after the Armwood game, my senior year, we lost nine to six. And that was like the closest game that Hillsworth played Armwood in, in years. And, um, so we're walking out of the tunnel and I have like these group of guys starting to follow me and the head coach turns around. And he's like, keep on walking. And he grabs he grabs the um the PO or the uh the uh, um resource officer and he's like do not let these guys in the gate if they get in the gate arrest them because they're like trying to follow me in a locker room or some shit try to follow me I'll follow me to my car so um it was definitely a different experience yeah, you did not get any of that at Tampa Catholic yeah no no nothing that at Tampa Catholic I love TC T- TC was great um I had a great group of friends I'm still dating my girlfriend that uh, I went there with um five years strong and nice. um. Simpanation, baby. Yeah. Can't relate. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Wait, I, you I, definitely I, rep, you definitely rep TC though. Like when people are like, where'd you go to school? You don't say Hillsborough. You say TC. I do say Hillsborough. I do say Hillsborough. I do say Hillsborough. I'm, I'm Hillsborough right. through and through. I, I, I rep Jesuit, bro. I rep Jesuit yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a Hillsborough Terrier, bro. I, I, I love, I love that program. I, I, I went, so when we didn't play on COVID, um, I went back and I called plays for him. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, wow. so I, so my freshman year I was out, and then we I came back my sophomore year, and um, they had a season. So 
I went back and I coached the entire season with them. I coached the quarterback. Um, like two games in the season, the head coach started letting me call plays. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. What, what was that? What was that transition like? Like, was there a particular reason you went from TC to those Brooks? You were already committed to play at UCF. I, so I, way, he, I completely forgot you committed to UCF. Yeah. So TC didn't let you graduate early, and um, I was at a point in my career where I had done what I needed to do to get the next level. And there were there other teammates of mine had left TC before that, and that program was kind of yeah. Crazy. I remember there was like a two to three year gap yeah. where hella kids started dipping. Yeah, and so I kind of I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I mean, like we had six we had six or seven guys leave that were going to be seniors, and then our head coach left. So like that, I mean, and don't get me wrong, like they're they're a great program. They finally beat Jesuit, something I never did, um, by the way. So stuff on that uh, finally ended the fucking streak, but. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I I was I was a big fan of TC, um, and I I really appreciated my time there. But, um, I, I, like I said, I, I read Hillsborough day in and day out. Now, why was Hillsborough the landing spot? Um, because I mean, let's be honest, you probably weren't zoned to go there. No, I wasn't zoned. To, uh, it's IB. No, I, I was zoned. I was zoned at the time that it's I, only I IB for junior and seniors. Zach, you can't do one year of IB. No, no, I, I was, I, I graduated, so I graduated. Charlie, yeah. Charlie, Charlie made some phone calls. Okay, let's just say that. <laughs> just, yeah, pretty much. And um, so I actually graduated number three in my class. So I graduated with like a, like, like a six, three, four GPA or something like that. So, um, so like I went from like top like 10 in my class, at, or like top 10% of my class at TC to like right at the top of Hillsborough. So that actually was kind of helpful for me, but um. The, the Hillsborough life was a little bit different because, like, I could come and go to school as I please because it was a public school. So, like, if I didn't – because I dual enrolled at HCC, so I didn't have class in the morning. So I'd come in, I'd eat breakfast, i sit down with the coach for, like, three hours and watch film, go to school, come back and practice and stuff like that. That's so so my senior year of college was – my senior year of high school was a little bit more like college for me because I had a little bit more leeway and all my credits have been good or whatever, and I'd been accepted into school, so. Yeah, but why But why Hillsborough? But why? Yeah. Um, I like it. I love. Coach definitely G. had options, brother. You definitely had options. I I, lo- I love G. Um, the head coach there. I I, I call. I, I text him pretty often. Um, we talk a lot. Every single time I home, I go visit him. Um, it's just he he um, he's just a he's just a good guy. And I and I find that in sports, there's a lot there's a lot of bad guys. Mm-hmm. And when you can find a good one, you get you kind of got to hold on to them a little bit and and make sure that they have your back because um people like that did it they you can't let them come and go if that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I think as I get older too, I start noticing it, especially in sports. There's people that love you because they love you, and there's people that love you because of money. Yeah. And when you can find the people that love to be around you, regardless of money, those are the people that you know, like no matter what, this is my ride or die. And there's a lot of people that you're like, you think they love you, but they don't. They love the money you bring them or the money you're paying them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like it. Like I, I value that relationship a lot. Um. And I, I had I had a pretty good relationship with the QB coach over at TC too, but he left too. So it was like it was just it was just kind of my my time ago, I guess. So I have a completely so, random off topic question. Sorry, Zach, but my group chat is blowing up about it. It for both of you guys, what would if you had to rank your top five in order, what would you say are your top five nuts? Like kind of nuts, like peanuts, cashews, you know. We're not counting coconut. That's a fruit, but everything else. Well, first of all, pause. Um, second of all, in no particular order, does peanut butter count? Because like, if technically, like, so so one, so there's two, there's two big things going on right now. They're saying 
pecan pie and boiled peanuts. So, you know, they're saying those are loopholes. I I appreciate a good loophole. I Yeah. mean, I'm not I'm not a big fan of pecan pie per se. By the I'm way, also not a big pecan pie guy. now is it pecan or pecan? Mm, you're that kind of guy? Mm, really? I mean, hey, my my mother literally had a pecan tree in her backyard <laughs> when she was growing up, and she used to eat them. So that's why we have to bring that up. But I'm trying to make my list right now. top five, dude. I don't even know. All right, if I'm going to go, I'm not. if I'm not I'm going a to say nutologist over here. number one, I'm going to go number one. Give me cashews at number one. Cash I think, I think cashews are number one. Number two, we're going to go with the good old pistache. There we Pistachio. go. I was about to say, forget about the pistachio. Yeah, pistachio at number two. Give me peanuts at three. Okay, I'll take peanuts at three. And this is where it gets a little weird. This is where it gets a little, mm, you know, you got a little, huh. Give me a... Uh, They have acorns on here. Give me so what we got cashews at one, pistachio at two, peanuts at three. Give me Almond? dude, I hate almonds. You Give don't me like almonds? give me walnut at four. And give me hazelnut at five. All right, I'm going Actually, to go. actually, keep hazelnut at five, take out walnut, put pecan instead of walnut. So I'm going cashew, pistachio, peanut. Pecan, hazelnut. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's my top five. Yeah. I'm going to go completely different direction Mm. from you. If your number one is almond, I'm leaving. I'm leaving this. Um, I'm leaving this Zoom. uh, no, uh, number one is easily the peanut. It is, Okay. it's the goat. I think it's the most versatile. It's, yes. That's versatility. Just overall, if you've ever cracked peanuts, like it's, it's a rewarding process. Um, reminds me of sunflower seeds. I'm a big sunflower seed guy. So peanuts kind of like right there. So do you, but do you, do you do you take regular peanuts over boiled peanuts? See, if I'm going to do boiled, it has to be Cajun boiled. Like, All right. You want I that need, shit bussing. yeah, I need that. need some spice in that. Uh, number two, I will say the pistachio. That, I just caught another hardworking nut right there. You got to work for it. You got to work for that nut. Uh, You <laughs> gotta yeah, you're going to notice a theme among these nuts. You really got to work for these nuts. Um, number three, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the walnut. just because not for taste or anything, but just the fact you have to crack them open, you know, it's a really hardworking nut right there. Big Um, hardworking nut guy. yeah, you, you have to work really hard for that nut and you know, some nuts are worth more than others. Uh, number four, um, I'm gonna have to say the almond only because very neutral chocolate covered almonds though are fire. Mm. You see, I don't you're like, th you're throwing you're throwing a you're throwing a variable out there that can't be used. You can't yeah. add chocolate. Okay, I'm just adding why I'm throwing it in there. Okay. It's Okay. the almonds, almonds fine within itself, but the chocolate aspect puts, puts it on my five. That's the only reason. And number five, only because it's the only other type of cookie I'll enjoy is the macadamia nut. Oh shit, that's a good one. Yeah, so we're 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 having like the the Chris Paul of nuts because you know like never never really gonna make your top five. Never doesn't have any rings. Yeah. I mean, Any rings, but very valuable player. Yeah, very valuable. Very, very fucking valuable. So. All right, Charlie, let's hear it. Top five nuts. Um, I'll go one pistachio, two peanut, three almond, four walnut, five cashew.
Damn. I uh, I do, I do. I'm not going to change it because I'm a man of my word. Zach, you got all those written down. I mean, I have the timestamp when That's we started fine. doing we'll, the rankings. We'll, uh, we'll look at it. But I do think the macadamia nut might have been the curveball of the year. I think that was a really good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It, uh, I, would, I would say, though, the peanut is the most versatile. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Um, some that didn't make the list, you did mention hazelnuts. Uh, we didn't mention pine nuts. I've never had a pine nut. Neither have I. Um, Baru nuts, Mongogo, um, Saba. Now you're just, you're just reading words. Yes. Just, I, I looked up top 10 most popular nuts. Um with the safe search on because I, yeah. I did not I did not want to know what other what other things Google might show me. Remember, kids, Google or the internet is 90% porn. So please be careful out there. Have your safe search on. You'd never know what you might find. But back to one of the topics I wanted to ask about. Um, because I've been to some Hillsborough games because my sister went there through high school and I also went to some Jesuit TC games. Now the rivalry between TC and Jesuit speaks for itself. Like that has been a thing since I was a child. I didn't really know who Hillsborough rival was. So can you kind of speak about what the rivalry was there and what that was kind of like? like maybe it differed. It's like Armwood, another one, right? Armwood tech. Yeah. Um, uh, Tampa tech, that's right, yeah. That's right. Those are, those are the main two. Um, Plant city. We play Plant city of year. They're really good. Um, Braxton was a quarterback with Mario wide receiver. They torched us. Also, with that the Reagan Ely kid, they he had. I think Mario had like one twenty, and Reagan had like one sixty. There's something Damn. insane. Yeah, Braxton's been killing it though. Now, I, I like where Zach was going with this. You you played in the TC Jesuit games, and I mean, my senior year, it was like everyone thought you guys were gonna win. And then and I wasn't trying to rub you rub that in. I was just saying. <laughs> and then you played in Harvard Yale games. <clears throat> Obviously, Harvard Yale's bigger due to the the amount of people. But on like in the moment when you're in that scenario, like which one felt like it was like a bigger deal to you? Which one was TC like, Jesuit by far? Yeah, which one was like more the moment? TC Jesuit. You elaborate a little on it. Um, it's just like like the week build up to to that game is like it's just like the whole Twitter battle and it's like all the social media stuff going on. It's popping around at school. Everyone's getting ready for the game. Um, it's kind of weird here. No one really cares about football except for when we play Yale. So, like, it'd be different if the vibe was, like, the same every single week and then it got turned up a notch for Yale. Um, but, like, the Yale the Yale kind of hype is – it's 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 in itself kind of its own little thing. Uh, but I think the TC Jesuit hype was more of a, um, like, personal thing to more people, I guess you could say. Um, it was more personal to me, definitely. Um, but the, 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 the weird part, though, I, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever 21 this. Uh, the, the kids in the locker room know at TC, when I walked in the Jesuit locker room, um, there was a – there was like two or three baby dolls that had gotten this shit kicked out of them. Like, and they put them in the lockers. And my, my nickname was Gerber baby back in high school. Oh that, my that's gosh, they coined I me in high this. school. So like they, they I had the freaking the, the beat up babies in the locker when I walk in the locker room and I'm like, Oh my God. I was like, these kids are fucking psychos. So like I, now I had to go play a game in front of like 12,000 people. And I just had a baby's face kicked into my locker. It, it was, it was, it was, it was whack. That, that one, that, that one really caught me off guard. That one really caught me off guard. No Damn. way. I did not know that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, high schoolers, man. I also <laughs> feel like the deal of it, too, is, like, although it's a huge rivalry, everyone's, like, kind of friends. Like, everyone in Jesuit, yeah. TC, like, we're all homies. And, like, yeah. and, I mean, everyone, like, hangs out with the same girls and everything. So, it's kind of like a fuck you, like, too. Like, like that, too. That, I, it, was, it was 
that that part of it too. It was like because like the Jesuit kids always came out there art art chicks, and and the some of the cat. I mean, yeah, I hope you didn't go after the Jesuit chicks because uh. <laughs> Uh, but I, I mean, when when I got at Hillsboro, we um we trained with Jesuit actually over the summer. Like we'd run seven on seven. Yeah, I remember that. There's a bunch of seven on seven. So um, I, I yeah, I'm cool with Coach Thompson, all those guys over there. Um, they have a great program. They they run it really clean. Uh, great facilities too. Their facilities are probably better than some of our facilities here. Honestly, their field their field definitely. I think better. Berkeley has the best overall facilities though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was Berkeley never an option for you? Because I know that's where your brother played. Um, it was, and then it was just kind of weird because the whole transition of me going in high school, um, I'd, I'd been to a couple different middle schools. And so like my transcript wasn't clear and, um, I just, I just never got into Berkeley, but both my brother and my sister went there. My brother loved it. He loved, he loves Dom. Um, I got to Berkeley when I, when I trained in the off season, um, Nelson Aguilar comes home, Mike White comes mm-hmm. home. So I'll throw with them, um, out of Berkeley sometimes with Joshua Youngblood too. So. Now, were you at Harvard? during that whole like protest during the Harvard Yale game. Yeah. Or you were there. Okay. So, yeah. so, so, the, so I, so that's, that's another funny story. So the first, so, um, for Harvard Yale, when you travel away, they travel the entire team, but there's Ivy league rules and how many guys they can have on the sideline. So the freshman who traveled, as soon as we got to the game, they, we got let go. The coaches were like, yeah, you guys are free to go. Just be back here by the end of the game. So we can hop on the bus and go home or whatever. And um, the game at least like a seat. No, so 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 it so I had my Harvard football garb on and like, like my travel suit or whatever. So I just walked in the gate. Um, but <laughs> a couple of us freshmen had the smart idea of going to a uh, to a student tailgate for two hours before the game. Ooh. And and so we're we're we had a we had a we had a good time and then we get in the game and we're sitting there at halftime. We're like, all right, we got like an hour and a half left before we go home. Every, the the hangover starting to kick in a little bit. Everyone's starting to get a little bit tired. And then you just start these, seeing these people run on the field. And they're like, what the hell are they doing? And then the teams come out of the tunnel and the teams start warming up and they're warming up around the um the student the, the students that are sitting in the field. I'm sitting up in the stand. I'm watching. I'm like, I can see all my teammates are going through this. So I wasn't actually on the field when it happened. I was in the stands. And um, it took them like an hour, bro. And people Yeah, were Nelson just, said it was like a two-hour halftime. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. And we ended up, we ended up losing that. We ended up losing that game like the third overtime, and it was like you could barely see twenty feet in front of you when the game ended. Like we we ran a screen and go and hit it for a touchdown, and it was like that was like the first overtime. They came back, we they they came back and scored. Um, they go into the second overtime and score. We come back, we score, and like the third overtime, it was just like pitch black while we were playing, and we, we ended up losing the game. But uh, that was that was an interesting interesting uh, halftime to say the least. Yeah, I could. Cause like when it happened, I remember when Nelson was telling us, I was like, "This just doesn't seem like a real event." Like you could like, and it was just one of those things. Like no one really knew what to do with the whole scenario. The yeah. thing is, though, our captain came out like the day or two before and released a video and was like, "Yeah, I support climate change and and all this other stuff." Which You're is like, captain. Yes, he came out and supported like the 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 movement that was on the field. And so apparently he was in the locker room and he was screaming like, "Fuck this! They need to get off the fucking field and we we gotta go." Play. <laughs> And it was like, bro, you literally just like advocated for them for like two days before. Like, you're we're getting mixed signals here. Come on. Uh, so that that, yeah. yeah, we've had we've had some we've had some functional teams. We've had some dis- dysfunctional teams, and that that team was a little bit dysfunctional my freshman year. Um, yeah, like we can. I'm all for protecting the climate, but if you fuck with my football game, yeah. that's problems. One of the most historic football games in football. Yeah, yeah. save all the turtles you want. Just don't impede. And it was my rivalry. Cause we were up, we were up like three scores. And so like, we come, like we go into halftime with like a lead and, and the momentum and the momentum stops 
And then we come out of halftime and we both stall in the third half and they have like a great fourth quarter comeback and tie the game to put it to overtime. It was just, if, if, if that never happened, I feel like we had the momentum going in the game where I think we could have probably ran out the clock, but um, yeah, that definitely worked in Yale's favor for sure. Yeah. I just feel like playing out. How, how is playing in that game though? Cause you know, that game you didn't play, but obviously last year you did. Yeah. I mean, what, what is it like getting ready for that game? What's it like playing in that game? Like that's, that's like one of the, regardless if both teams are 0 and 9 it's one of the biggest games in in football in general you know what was it like being able to start and play in that game so yeah we um leading up to that week is always kind of kind of intense it's always kind of weird for a senior because we have all the senior events so like you're the entire time you're going through the week you're like obviously game planning going through your school and stuff like that but you're also doing like these senior dinners and um last chance things with the teams and stuff like that so it's when you're going throughout the week you're more focused on that stuff but then as soon as like Friday hits and you're sitting at a unit meeting and you're like, you're less than 24 hours away from kickoff, you start to get like a little tingle in your fingers and your toes. You're like, all right, this is, this is coming. Um, and it was a little bit colder this year. It was a noon kickoff game. I think it was like 37 or like something around there at kickoff. So I went out there to get like acclimated, acclimated before the game and the stadium's empty. And then I come back out. Um, I go back in the locker room, put all my stuff on, come back out for warmups, stadium starting to fill up. And then we come out for the national anthem and the stadium's just kind of like packed. And we, we don't get a lot of home game attendance. Like, that's the only game we'll sell out at home or whatever. So, like, our, our stadium is like a gigantic horseshoe. And um, typically, like, the the interior of the horseshoe, like, the, the bend of it is always empty. And you just kind of looked up and there was just, like, people all over the place. You're like, oh, my God. Like, I've never seen the stadium this packed. So, it was cool. Um, we had a great environment. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it was it's, it's, it's just a very, very different feel for a game. Um, we had Fitzpatrick on the sideline. We had Cameron Brayton on the sideline. Um, I think you check and we're still, still in the playoffs and stuff. So, but with a bunch of alumni coming back for that game and stuff. So, yeah. Have, have you met Fitzpatrick? It's magic. Yeah. 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 Um, so actually, I, I met him when he was in Tampa. We were going to, uh, Ma- we were going to Pia Chang's and Maggiano's down at um, West Shore. And he walks out with like he's like six or seven kids, but he walks out with three or four of his daughters like walking in a row. And I'm wa- and I'm walking up and I'm walking to go get the food. And I like see over it's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I was like, I, I was a Harvard commit at the time. And I talked to him before on the phone. And so I was like, you're Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? And he's like kind of giving me like one of these side eyes. He's like, yeah, don't like say it too loud or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm Charlie Dean. Like I, I'm going to play quarterback at Harvard. He's like, oh, shit, no way, man. And so we kind of like dapped up and had like a little conversation in, in front of Maggiano. So that was the first time I ever met him. Um, it was kind of like by accident. It wasn't on purpose. So it's kind of cool. But you met him, yeah. like, periodically throughout the – I mean, like, throughout your years after that? Not really because he was playing and he was he was doing his stuff. Um, But, like, he, he'll come back from time to time whenever he's back. I'll run down there and see him and say what's up, Bill. Oh, that's so sick. But, yeah, actually going back on that, I see that you threw for a team best 2,100 yards and 18 touchdowns. Yeah. So is that, like, the Harvard team record? No, no, no. That was, that was just the best on the team that year. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. I got – I got I didn't play one game. I got hurt. I got a concussion in the Princeton game and didn't play the Dartmouth game. So that's – nine games of stats so sheesh I mean, not bad so good yeah. yeah all right and we we were more of a pro style offense actually our we had two running backs declare so we had a running back go to the cowboys um from two years ago team and this past team we had a running back who um he was our team mvp and he uh he declared for the draft so he's in the, the draft uva card. kid was fire too he's going to draft this year who the uva kid right Dev, Dev, Dev's, Dev's, our Dev's, Dev's been gone. I think Dev's on the uh, Generals now. Damn, was that last year? I, don't know. I thought it was this year. Yeah, no, Dev's old. Dev's older. Dev, Dev was a junior when I was a freshman, I think. Senior, maybe. I don't know. Now let's. Can we get back to the transfer portal talk? You know, talking about all these guys. 
Can you talk us through what it was like going in the transport? Like, how does that process work? How's it been? So it's actually Obviously, pretty just as much as you can tell us, you know. So it's actually pretty simple. Um, you just email the compliance office, they send you a form, and then you fill, it takes like two minutes to fill out the form, you send it back here in the portal. Um, so and then I think the portal updates every week. So it actually hit the day before the Yale game, I got put in the portal. So like my phone like blew up with people that were trying to like hit me up, like, oh, you're coming out, you're coming out, you're coming out. So that was kind of a little bit inconvenient timing right before that game, but um yeah, so you just kind of throw your name in. All these different departments have um, scouting uh, people for specifically for the portal, portal and grad transfers. So it's a little bit different for me. I can enroll anywhere at any time that I want to because I'm I'm going to pursue another degree. Mm-hmm. And if if you transfer before you graduate, you have to like make sure your academics and stuff lined up. So that limits people's decisions on where they can go. And so I don't have any limitations on where I can go. So how many years eligibility you got left? I got two. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, I got two. It's, and I then I remember. Oh, I'm sorry. You go. I may be able to get a medical register for a third because I only played in four games and 10 snaps by junior year. Yeah, junior year. I saw that. Yep. Was that because of an injury? Yeah, I broke my left shoulder against Princeton. I was sliding and I had my, um, I hit a baseball slide and I slide lefty. So I had my left arm out behind me and I had a linebacker like hit me in my chest as I was going down. And then Dean Lyman chased me from the back, jumped on my arm. So like my, my ball pushed through my socket. And it was kind of like half my socket was just kind of like floating. And um, so I got taken out of the game. And then I was in surgery like four days later. And then that yeah, was like a seven-month recovery. Was that like your worst injury you've ever had playing football? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I, I lost like probably like 10% of my mobility, 15% of my mobility in my left, in my left arm. Just because just because the way the injury was, it like broke – like the, the labrum didn't tear the bone where the labrum was attached to it broke off. So they had to reattach the bone and then re-strengthen the labrum to the bone because it was because I guess it was kind of like weak or something like that. So they, they, he's like, "Yeah, I made that bitch super tight," and I was like, "Okay, that's all right." And then we're and then we're going through um, PT and they're cranking my arm. So like they'll have you put your arm straight and like try to crank it back, yeah. and you can just feel like the the tendons expanding and the scar tissue just like like crunching and stuff like that. Is it's not shoulder surgery is definitely not a fun thing to go through for sure. Yeah, because I remember, yeah, I, I don't know if it was you or your brother, but you guys both, like, hit the transfer portal pretty, like, close in time to one another, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. I remember that, and I was told my dad, I was like, damn, bro, they're both, so I wonder if they're going to go to the same school. Like, yeah, cool. no, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's at Georgia Tech right now. Yeah, so, good for him, um, that's awesome. Yeah, he got picked up. Now, how is it, your experience going so far with, like, schools, how does that happen? Like, they just reach out to you, or do you send your film? Like, I know you've been posting, like, your highlights and stuff, trying to promote yourself, but, like, do you have a guy that does it for you? Like, how does it really work with trying to get schools to notice you so um it's it's, it's basically just networking like if, if you know somebody you can get in contact with somebody and i think the biggest thing in the transfer portal since there's so many kids in the portal is just getting your film in front of people with a recommendation from someone who has like wholesome weight mm-hmm. and because like if, if someone puts your name in front of someone that holds some weight to it that means they're going to pay attention to it a little bit more um i have i have some people that, that i do it for me i've, I've my film has been in front of some pretty um, big schools but I can't do anything until I graduate in May. So there's no market for me right now. And um, teams you're are going not even, to- You're not even like talking to schools yourself yet. I am. Yeah, no, I am. So so, so some like lower level schools who need a quarterback have reached out, but all like the schools who are going through spring ball right now are trying to figure out what their quarterback room is looking like. Once they go through spring ball and figure out when if guys leave or what their depth charts like, that's when I kind of fall into like the recruiting piece of it, I guess. 
So um, once once teams go through spring ball, my I should be able to pick up. But if not, then um, I, I got a couple of places I'm comfortable going. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, cause it's just you always see like the media aspect of it on Twitter and stuff. I it's I don't I don't I really couldn't tell you how it works with like the inside of it and like how coaches reach out. Like when you when you first announced, were there already a couple coaches that were like, "Yo, this kid's good. Let's start talking to him." Like, like you you didn't even know we we're gonna come. Yeah, no. Um, so like a lot, a lot of it happens through Twitter actually. So they'll, so they'll follow you on Twitter, hit you up, DM you. And then, um, if they, if they like you, they'll send you a number and then get on the phone with you, tell you what they like about you, tell you what their deal is. And they kind of follow up from there continuously going forth. Um, so it, it's, it's a pretty simple and easy process. Um, it's just more, more where I'm at now is more of a patient kind of waiting game. That yeah, you sense. can't really do much. Yeah. yeah. So just been the- training and, Throwing and try. I've been. I picked up some pickup basketball to kind of help. Oh, my, okay. My, my boy's an athlete. Keep the cardio up. So, dude, I feel like that'd be the scariest thing because I feel like every sports injury I hear in the off season is like another athlete trying to play basketball and they're like, oh, they like broke their ankle or they like hurt their shoulder doing something. Like, dude, the, the, the way I've always thought about it, if if you think you're gonna get hurt, you're gonna get hurt. But if you're out there just having fun and being competitive, then I've I've never really had any issues with it. So Didn't we think yeah, I was we played. Hurt near, I got pretty hurt. <laughs> Did again? I didn't think I was gonna get hurt, and I got pretty hurt. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, fair two weeks around, but um, I've 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 never been a big believer in that. I I think I think especially from an athletic standpoint, people should play multiple sports, especially going throughout mm-hmm. high school. Um, I because I because I, I I started playing one sport as soon as I got to college. I played baseball all throughout high school, and I noticed like parts of my game that were kind of like baseball esque were fading because I wasn't doing the same baseball movements. If that makes sense. So um, it's just like there's there's different incorporating different movements in different sports actually helps you out in your game more than you think. And it's it took me like a whole college career to kind of figure that out. So I'm trying to kind of get that back in my game right now. It also I feel like keeps you healthier because you're not overusing the same muscles for doing the same tasks over and over again. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it definitely helps out your body a lot. It helps out my body a lot. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That's Go why on. like sorry, I was just going to say like that's why you hear a lot about some coaches. They only re- recruit like multi-sport athletes because like they have to, they have to be able to incorporate different styles from different sports into their own game. So like if they're so one-dimensional, it's not really going to help them grow, per se. But, well, I think also when you're a multi-sport athlete, you can test the competitor somebody is. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think I think it's more for me. It's it, it's more the competitive part because like I I can get yeah. competitive about football like all day if you wanted me to, but like if if I can apply that competitive aspect to like pick up basketball or like poker or something like that. Something that kind of mm. gets my mind a little bit stimulated and causes me to kind of pick strategy and, and pick how I'm going to pick apart somebody. Um, for me, from a quarterback perspective, that's very helpful for me because when I sit down and analyze a defense, it helps me out the same way I sit down and analyze like a car sack or something like that. So um, I, I think just, it, especially playing quarterback, like 95% of it's mental, 5% of it's physical. And if, and if you can get over the mental help, you'll be it's pretty easy to play quarterback. Yeah, we talked to Jalen Bussey about it too because he was on the pod, and he was like, he suggests every kid in high school plays two sports. Yeah, he's like, it just it benefits you and like it teaches you how to win at something you're not good at. Bussey's you know? my homeboy. That's <laughs> no, that's yeah, my... love Bussey, man, great kid. He's out of the transfer portal too, actually. Speaking on his, yeah, end. yeah, I need to text him. I've texted him in a little bit, but text. um, yeah, he was talking about it, and it's just like, yeah, and I I'm a writer for the National Lacrosse League. Mm-hmm. and I just I just interviewed um a couple coaches a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago, to write an article. And I, I think it was, it was, uh, I think it was Robert Morris. The Robert Morris coach told me he specifically recruits two sport athletes because yeah. it can show how they can succeed at other sports. And he thinks that there's like, 
ways of thinking and like an, an, an aspect to that sport that isn't in lacrosse that you can bring in and it changes how a player plays. It definitely does. I, I, I think, I think it makes people more free because, because they, they, like you said, they've seen different, um, like just from a football perspective, like if I'm shooting up, if I'm trying to drive up a basketball lane, a similar step out of a pocket or in like a run lane, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. it's the same, it's the same like steps and movement of it. But in my mind, shooting a basketball, I have to control my upper body to lay the basketball. Whereas if I'm in football, I'm trying to run somebody over. So like if, if you, if you can master like the lower body of it and keep your upper body quiet, it helps, it helps you a lot in football too, because a lot of people look at your upper body when they're trying to tackle you. And if you can keep that still and just move your lower body, you make a lot of people miss. Yeah. I mean, you can break down there. Yeah, not the most athletic white guys in the room, as you can tell. We uh, we lack on the mobility side of things. I mean, I can I can speak for myself. I I think I ran like a six seven sixty, so like I was more speed, but like definitely didn't have like the moves to like break anyone's ankles. And sure as hell was not a basketball player. I hated playing basketball. Yeah, I never played basketball in my life. I'm terrible at it. I mean, you're not. Yeah, you're not I'm tall, not, not very good either. But hopefully, the, the athletic ability against the law students definitely pays off a little bit for sure. Yeah, and I feel like it can help you become more athletic. I feel like the best pure athletes are basketball players. No, for sure. Yeah, because it's it's all freedom. It's all you. It's not like strat. Like I mean, there's strategy. But it's not like someone's blocking for you or like anything like that. Like you, you kind of just do your own thing. Yeah. I guess I'd say another sport like that is like soccer, but like it's a big height disparity. Like most soccer players like don't even weigh 180 pounds because like they have to run like 11 miles a game. Well, yeah, but also I feel like you're they're not as involved in the game as basketball. I mean, do they run like a they run a lot? <laughs> no, no, that's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they're like like the possession shooter, of the ball. Yeah, a shooter oh, yeah, can get possession. a ball three times, and I can get a ball 50 in basketball. Yeah, I mean, true. Can't really argue with that. One of the things uh, I wanted to bring up, though, we kind of moved away from it because you brought up how your games got moved closer to like noontime. Has weather played like a big part for you and like your adjustment? Because I know you never really had to deal with like snow or cold weather games in Florida. But what was it like adjusting like more colder weather climate games? Uh, we didn't really. Yeah, we didn't really have any issues in the fall. We actually had a pretty good um, season this this past season with weather. Um, I think week nine we were playing in Penn and it was like 67 degrees. So it was like we had a pretty good season weather wise. Um, the worst part I will say is winter workouts and, and, and spring ball because we have to be in the gym at six every morning from Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And um, when you wake up and there's like half a foot of snow on the ground and you're trying to walk through it to class and you're trying to walk through it and you're miserable and you're tired and you're hungry and you're about to go puke from running. Um, that, that that's it's more the wear and tear throughout the throughout like the workout season. That's that's the only part where I find the weather be anything that's that's kind of bad. Um but luckily for us, for our winter workouts, we have a bubble put up over over our field, so it's like uh, climate controlled. But once we leave for spring break, they take the bubble down for spring ball. And hey, what, um, do you mean we, by, what do you mean by a bubble? So it's like um, like a dome. Yeah, like a bubble dome. Like like they they, they it's a bubble. Like they just they seal it in around the field and they pump. It's like pressurized air inside of it, and like it, you can go in there and it's climate controlled and all this other stuff. Um, I I didn't I didn't know anything I gotta, about. I gotta look this up. Yeah, look it up. I, th- I think the Bengals might have one. Yeah, um, Grayson's thinking it's fake news. It's like, no, I just can't physically picture it in my head. Yeah, just look at the Harvard bubble. It'll show you in the stadium. What was that like? Like, did you? just like show up one day to the field and you're like oh my god we're the, i look up nfl dope. bumble and it just shows the fucking retro unis of of the steelers i got you okay not the bubble bro look up harvard bumble oh i looked up bumble i'm so stupid 
Yeah, this man's been on too many dating apps recently. Somebody get this man a girlfriend. Oh, what? That's sick, So dude. this is what it looks like. Yeah. How much does that cost? It's hard. Like it, they're, 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 it's, it's, it's a couple million. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how expensive are they making bubbles these days? Because they yeah, ain't, they're like ain't no a way. couple million. Yeah. How do they get it up? They just, like, lay it flat and then it blows up? Yeah, so there's, like, um, um, inserts around the edge of the field that are covered by turf when the bubble's not on. So it's like this big ass grid they have around the field, and they just basically go around and put it in like the divots and uh, lock it. And so like the whole entire bubble is pressurized. And it's and it's 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 a warmer temperature. Yeah, warmer. Yeah, that is so sick. So we we had we had that for um, winter workouts, and then when we got back for spring ball, they took the bubble down so they could like record practice and stuff like that. And and spring ball was at. 5.45 in the morning. So it was like you walk out there in like seven degree weather and you have two pairs of socks on, two pairs of tights, a pair of practice pants, a long sleeve t-shirt, a hoodie, and then your pads and stuff like that, along with like a ski mask if you wanted to. Um, yeah. They allow in shysties on the football field. A lot, Harvard. A lot. A lot of shysties. A lot. Yo, if you could get me a Harvard shysty, I, uh, <laughs> I think I would. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, Hillsborough, though, that's different. Okay, uh -huh. yeah, we're not we're not gonna discuss on any hills. Hills, hills. They 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 don't they don't buy them. They have homemade ones. I they make them themselves. Yeah, they they take their mama's yoga pants and cut them up. Yeah, back in middle school, they used to sell those like one dollar chocolate bars. Now y'all just have to like knit your own shiesties, and you're like, yo, here's my like fundraising program. It's like I'm just handing out shiesties to everyone. Oh, by the way, did y'all ever do that? Did y'all sell chocolate bars back in middle school? No, I did not. I went to high right. school. Uh, see if Dill's probably good. So that's why that joke didn't land. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I went. Sorry, you got the same education as me from the comfort of your iPad. You're an iPad kid. No, Berkeley was laptop kids. Jesuit was iPad kids. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie. My middle school for the first two years was an all boys school in Ebor, and we were iPad kids. But we were what also were you at? Franklin Middle Magnet. It was like the hood of the hood. We were on 22nd. Yeah, we were on. So 22nd. you stood out like a fucking sore thumb. Dude, I went to Checkers after school one day, and I watched the biggest drug bust of my life occur with my dad at a Checkers drive-thru. And my dad was just cracking jokes at the guys getting arrested. He was like, oh, my God. He's like, because he saw this one guy on the phone, and he's like, not even five feet from us. My dad literally looks at him and goes, oh, my God, Jamal, you don't believe what just went down out here to Checkers. And I was like, Dad, do not say that shit. I was like, we are going to fucking die. I'm like, this is not okay. Were you like the only white kid? Yes, and I had a buzz cut. They were like, they would walk up, to, <laughs> and they would just, dude, they would just walk up to me and be like, "Man, you ain't got no fade, bro." And I'm like, "What are you even saying right now? Like, I don't like stop bullying me." They're like, "Fuck off." I will say this. So funny. I will say this. Going to an all boys school, yes, not having females around sucked, but PE was the Olympics. It's the Olympics, bro. The Olympics. Yeah. You had the baddest of bloods. From a PE class, like bloody well, nose, ripped shirts. Freshman year at Jesuit that wouldn't fuck with each other because they were like rivals in their own PE class. Yeah, they had nothing no. more to do than that. Dude, I watched fights go down at lunch. Like they would literally save spoiled milk for days just to peg at another kid. And I'd be like, I'd be like, dude, this is like chemical warfare. Like we had our we had our morning assembly, and like that ten minutes before the principal went up and had the assembly, that was like the loudest it ever got in there. And you had like one side of the room because it was split up. 
by your homeroom and your homeroom was your PE class. So you had kids like screaming across the auditorium, going, oh, kick your ass. And they're just like, dude, we're in sixth grade. Like we have to wear a tie to school. It's six in the morning. I don't care. Like, get me out of here. Yeah, but. Jesuit was there. School, I, if I had to pick school, all boys or school with girls, I'm going to pick school with girls every time. But there's a few things that are pretty sick about being at all guys. Like you can say it and basically do like whatever you want because there's no one to like offend <laughs> or like be inappropriate because it's all fucking dudes. Uh-huh. Like you could fart in class. Teachers wouldn't really care. Like you can, you can get away with stuff. But like P- anything sports related, it was so competitive. Yeah, I got I got kicked out of TC's uh, PE class a couple times because I was too competitive. Yeah, no, dude, but it, you couldn't be too competitive at Jesuit no. though. Like it was war. Yeah. Like like you like it was like freshman year PE was war. Yeah. God, I kind of miss it sometimes. And not only that, like you saw like events where like we had our sister school. Like every all boys school has its sister school. It's so, like you'd go and hang out with him, but like. Our sister school is also in the ghetto and like there's like I'm not going to really know anyone from over there because I'm not from around the area. Like I can't just go to the sister school and be like, oh, yeah, can I hang out with you guys? I'm going to be like, they don't get this cracker off. our yeah. campus. We're going to we're going to beat his ass. And I was like, all it's right, our kid won't leave us alone. Yeah. Like we don't even know who this kid is. Get him out of here. And I was like, all right, you know, let me just transfer back to somewhere that's not where I don't have to go to school at six in the morning. That was the biggest selling point for me is because. I had to be up at six because school started at seven. But my brother, I would watch him wake up for middle school at eight fifty and go to school. And I was yeah, like, Bro. "Public school was like nine, right?" Yeah, public school started at nine in the morning. I'm like, "Dude, like I gotta get on this wave." And then I go to public school. And I'm like, "This is the worst environment of my entire life." I'm like, "I think everyone here just has no future. Like this is terrible." <laughs> Good lord! And you always have that kid. I'll never forget this. My first day of like public school, middle school. There's always that one kid in my class where the teacher's just trying to teach. And the kid just gets up and goes, man, you don't care about us, man. He's like, you're not really here to teach us. I'm like, oh, my God. No like, way. Dude, I had one of those. I had one of those. And she was like, I'm like, look, I get it. Like, You got your own problems. I'm like, go to school, man. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I'm going to go home I, Xbox. Um, I've been substitute teaching uh, right now to make some money until I find, like, a career. And I substituted at an inner city charter school, sixth grade. And I literally had like Vietnam flashbacks. It was so bad. I had kids fighting each other in class. I had kids telling me I hate black people. I had kids throwing things at me. I had I, I had kids telling me I had one kid wouldn't sit down. And I asked him, I was like, hey young man, can you please sit down? And he goes, he got in my face. I'm talking about a 12-year-old, got in my face and said, I'm a minor. What the fuck are you gonna do about it? And I'm just like, Yep. And that it was, it, I was there from, from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it was just hell. It was hell. They don't listen. They don't do anything. Like, and they would like team up against me. It was like, yeah, it was, it was, I understand now the struggle of some of these teachers, bro. It was bad. I don't, because they don't even get paid enough to like put up with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, literally. Like... My mom, my mom's a school teacher and she like won't break up a fight because they are not insured in their contract. If they get hurt by another student, the school, the county won't cover them. Yeah, Damn. like that's such a joke. Yeah, so she's like, unless like if a kid's getting jumped, she'll like obviously get it. But if like two people are just fighting, my mom will just get the police officer. She's like, if I get stuck or something bad happens to me, I they do not insure you. That is not in that's like your contract. How crazy is that? I I will say this: if a even if you are twelve years old, if I find out you stick my mother, I'm I'm going to your house and I'm gonna beat your dad up in front well, of dude, you. What I was thinking of, what I was thinking of, <laughs> I'm going like, to beat the shit out of your dad. <laughs> 
But I was thinking about, I was like, man, I hope this kid just punches me. I'm going to slam my face on the floor, break everything, and just sue the shit out of the school. I mean, I'll never have to work. I can just milk this and just fucking carry this on for the rest of my life. That was my mindset. Yeah, how's, your, uh, how's, your, how's your MMA been going? It's going. Uh, I lost my return fight in October. Fought a really good fucking kid. And I am going to be fighting. It's in the works so, as a main event title fight May 20th. There we go. Oh, it is a title fight? That's the word. That's the word on the block. But no, there's no pen to paper. So, uh, who the fuck knows? It's all there's a lot of he say she say in the fight game. Yeah. To make to make Grayson's situation a little bit better, the kid that Grayson lost to ended up fighting for the belt and won it quicker than it took him to beat Grayson. So he won it in like forty seconds. Yeah. It was a so, dog fight. Like I fought. I I felt I won the first round. I just put my head down at the end, and he caught my neck. It was my fault. Like I. I have no excuse. I have no one to blame. Like I fucked up. See, I see. I, 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 I could. I can get hit in the ribs. I can get sacked. I can get hit really hard. I can never. I, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of fighting. Like, like I love watching. I love watching UFC. But if I had to stand in front of someone in a cage and try to fight them, I'd be like, I, I, I that doesn't. I don't know. I wouldn't want to get punched in the Bro, face. Body shots are way fucking worse than face shots. Really? I will take a cross to the face before I take like a fucking spleen kick or like a liver hook like that fuck that shit dude because like if you get hit in the face it sucks and you're like all right i'm good if someone connects you like today i got hit with a fucking left hook your whole body's like <laughs> it, like shuts off for a second and it hurts everywhere it doesn't just hurt there like your whole body's like fuck yeah. and like it, you can eat face punches like it's bad for your brain of course but you can you can mentally get through the, the pain of a face punch if your body just gives out i don't it doesn't matter how mentally tough you are your body's yeah. like nope i'm done it just shuts off yeah so that shit, like, like anything with left hooks or like left kicks to the fucking like liver. Oh my god, I'll get punched in the face. I wear a nice little uh, like half inch thick uh, rip protector. Yeah, it, it, it's it saved me on a on a multitude of occasions. Oh, especially with quarterbacks, I'm just fucking yeah. hitting your shit. See, I'm yeah. like I'm cool. Like I'm if I can make a throw to an open wide receiver, I'll take a hit. But like if it's, if nothing's there, it's, it's there's no point for me to take the hit. I'm 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 running or throwing the ball as far as out of bounds I can get. So yeah. Well, I uh, unfortunately need to get going because I got to go coach some youth wrestling. But Charlie, dude, really appreciate you coming on, man. Hopefully, we can get you on again after you make your commitment for your transfer process, and we can sure, yeah, talk about that a little. But is there any final words or shout outs or anything you want to do? Um, no, nah, man. Just shout out to you guys. Thanks for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it, and um keep keep going what you're doing and uh if i can help out in any way just let me know um if i can put you in contact with some people just let me know Zach Watts. Right. yeah i was just gonna keep say going. um if you have any all boy colleges consider transferring to them just to get the all boy experience you know right. you can be part of the club sure. you already got a girlfriend dude so it's all right yeah you'll be okay. fine yeah you'll be fine thank you guys for tuning in clocks on the stove